0: FBI Confidential, taking you inside the FBI with hosts Debbie Dujanovic, Cheryl Worsley, and Becky Bruce.
1: Hey, long time no hear. This is FBI Confidential co-host Becky Bruce. We wanted to bring you this special episode of the Dave and Dujanovic show because it seems like it would be something that listeners of FBI Confidential be, would be very interested in. Dave and Debbie talked to FBI Salt Lake City Division Special Agent in Charge, Eric Barnhart, about a very famous Ponzi scheme that has taken about 10 years to bring down and finally has resulted in a conclusion here within the last little bit. So we'll play that for you now. And then when we're done, stay tuned and we'll tell you how you can subscribe to Dave and Debbie's show and uh, hear more content like that.
2: A hundred million dollars, Debbie. A hundred million bucks, I just felt sick. My heart sank when I saw that headline that so many hardworking Utahns had lost just tons and tons of money on an investment scheme that went on for years and years right here in Utah. Can
0: you believe it? And I did the happy dance. I've got some professional investment in this story. I began looking into this guy 13 years ago. 13 years ago as the investigative reporter for KSL TV. Rick Kerber... Yeah, he's eventually charged with running a Ponzi scheme, and here's how it worked, Dave. This is so fascinating to me. He convinced people to skim equity out of their homes. You remember the craze of the housing market right. ten years ago when houses were just increasing in value. Well, they would skim the equity out of their homes by, re, you know, uh, getting that equity through refinance, and then uh, turning the money over to him to invest. And he would tout earnings up to 5% a month, which sounds phenomenal. You do the math, that's like 60% a year. Whoa, now, come on, really? You're gonna get 60% back a year on your investment? No way. Instead of investing it, uh, prosecutors said he used millions to pay back other investors. And he held fancy seminars. They called him the equity mill. But along the way, He was also buying up more than a million dollars in fancy cars. He made a low-budget horror film. He paid for dental work. He spent $425,000 on the minting of coins. Yeah. FBI investigated this case. I also worked as the spokesperson for the FBI. During part of the investigation, so I have a longstanding professional investment with this story. We're joined now by FBI Special Agent in Charge, Eric Barnhart. Dave, $100 million, as you said, it's just mind-numbing. It's mind-numbing. I know, Eric, tell us, how do cases like this begin to unravel?
3: Well, you, you alluded to it in that the first investor is in, the money is taken in, and they have to keep bringing in investors. And sooner or later, investors are not getting the return, and they start to realize that something is up. And somebody, they may call in a, a reporter. They may call us, hopefully. There's a lot of avenues to report now, but sooner or later, every Ponzi scheme crushes under its own weight. They can't bring in enough money, new money, to pay off the initial investors. My guess is that once you're alerted to this, it's
2: fairly simple to follow the money. Is this true? I mean, it doesn't seem like an overly complicated scheme, though that's probably the genius of it is it's easy returns early on get a lot of investors and then next
3: thing you know you're dealing with millions and millions of dollars i think it's the human factor people are they don't believe that they've been taken they can't believe that they've been taken they're embarrassed embarrassed. so a lot of times the human element the fact pattern and following the money may be the easier uh, part of the investigation but it's getting people to come forward and detailing exactly what the scheme was how they were approached how they came to invest maybe who else they brought into it but it's again getting people to realize that a lot of people around the country are taken every day by schemes like this
2: are people afraid to talk to you about it because they're afraid they're going to be guilty they're going to be uh, charged criminally because that would be a, a fear for me if, if i start realizing that wow i just got taken and i've got 10 people that i just took And could I be
3: charged as well? I think that is a fear of people. They don't realize suddenly when they they realize they may have run afoul of a law or what they're investing in, it could be illegal. That is, again, another fear. It's the fear of the unknown. Am I suddenly a subject of this rather than a victim?
0: We're talking to FBI special agent in charge of the Salt Lake City Division, Eric Barnhart, about a $100 million Ponzi scheme where the guy at the helm just got convicted right here in Salt Lake City. Eric, I'm wondering, as investors bring in new investors, because either initially in a Ponzi scheme, seem like they're making their money back and they're getting a great interest rate on their investment. Do they do it through like church, family and friends? And are we just too trusting here in Utah?
3: I think the dollar amount alone says, and and what we're seeing in Utah says, yes, in many instances, we are too trusting. And what you're alluding to, what we call under the more umbrella term, is affinity fraud. You're using relationships, social, church, otherwise, as a way to... Establish your relationship with somebody that then you are going to take advantage of. I always
0: say spread the good word. <laughs> and a lot of these people who run these schemes are really charismatic and they know how to get their um, fingers in uh, the, the, your, your uh, bank account. And then, you know, you are impressed as an investor because you're getting some money back. And so you spread the good word.
3: Yes, exactly.
0: Um, Rick Herber is now uh, facing sentencing uh, later this year or early next year. Um, Any idea how much time he may end up spending in prison on this conviction?
3: I haven't done the the math, the exact math, but I believe he could spend up to 10 years. Of course, that's going to be up to the judge to determine.
2: Now, the problem with this is that money's gone. Most of it or all of it what happens I, there's obviously no reparations that he could possibly pay no one could ever do anything with with that kind of money that debt so 10 years to me it, it seems insufficient for yeah. the devastation that has crossed the state but that's as high as it goes, I guess?
3: Yes, and again, it it it's a number of different factors. When I first got into this business, I could never understand, you know, why people weren't sentenced to the maximum, but it's it's a dollar amount. There's only so many bed spaces in prisons, and so we we try to determine what the, you know, with our laws passed by Congress and the sentencing guidelines, who should stay in. You know, sometimes you may have to weigh a Rick Kerber against somebody who preys on children, and it it it's not always that binary choice, but again, it does play into... You know, how long, much resources do we have to keep somebody incarcerated?
0: Fancy cars purchased with investment money. Uh, A low-budget horror film made with investors' money. Paying for dental work. $400,000 spent on minting coins. I mean, who mints coins? But this is pretty typical in these types of schemes where the person who's accused of running these schemes, in fact, goes and spends all kinds of money uh, that investors think is going into investment on themselves um, and fancy cars. So if somebody pulls up in a fancy car in front of my house uh, asking me f- to refinance my home and give them all the equity, I look at that as a huge red flag. A huge red flag. Like, you know what? They're going to use that fancy car to try to convince me that they're doing well in the investment when in reality, it's nothing more than just a front.
3: And I think you only have to look as far as Warren Buffett, one of the richest men, most successful investors in the world, and see the lifestyle that he lives, which is a, a very uh, down to, down-to-earth lifestyle, and see what he espouses. And it's if you don't understand it, don't invest in it. If it sounds too good to be true don 't invest in it don 't worry about missing out on something Good opportunities, good, legitimate opportunities will come along there are, There are people out there that that the public the listening public can go find and adhere to their principles, and they'll be much better for it. If you think something's fishy, what do you do?
2: If, if you're part of it, if you've been approached, what's your best avenue?
3: Yeah, and as a result of how widespread this is here in Utah, I think last year we, we investigated close to $2 billion in affinity fraud schemes. And it's because of that the, the Utah legislature has recognized uh, the vastness of the problem that they have, they have started an initiative of, you know, Stop Fraud Utah. And part of that is establishing a white collar registry, much like a sex offender registry. We've got about 250 folks on that where they can look up. If people just Google Utah white collar registry, they can see these 250 convicted fraudsters. And that's probably the first step when somebody comes to you with something saying, hey, this is too good to be true. Pick up the phone. You know and and a lot of these guys will go with a high pressure. I need a decision now you 're you know if you don 't get in today, no if it 's a good deal today it'll be a good deal tomorrow. Do your due diligence. call us, call the state call you know go on the registry there 's so many resources
0: as an investigative reporter, I have investigated a number of investment fraud schemes over the years, and dave, I think there 's some Def, definite red flags that um, Eric and I would love to talk to our listeners about. When we come back, we're talking live to the FBI special agent in charge of the Salt Lake City Division of the FBI. Eric Barnhart Stop by to help us all make sure that we're putting our money in the right place and not getting ripped off. Let's continue our conversation in just a moment.
2: It's 1017. You're listening to Dave and Ujanovic. Is street wise? Will you show
0: me all of the data you've collected specifically about me?
2: One is a wise guy. Every day you make your bed and you run eight miles. So are you a Navy no, SEAL? I don't run eight miles every day. <laughs> and that is a new conversation. Dave and Janovic on KSL News Radio.
0: Dave, have I got a deal for you? I want,
2: I want you to go. How many zeros you want? Yeah. Just tell me. I love you. I think you're all you trust in me. Whatever you want, Debbie. I'll just start putting zeros until you say stop.
0: I'm going to ask you and your wife to refinance your house starting today and then the next month I want you to give me all of the equity that is in your house. Just write me a check. I want you to skim all that equity out and then I'm going to invest it for you, my friend. And I'm going to give you about 5% a month back on on your investment. Does that sound like a deal? Not
2: APR. You're talking every single month? Every
0: single month. You give me, let's say you have $100,000 $100,000 in equity in your home, and I, I'm going to invest that for you and give you 5% back a month. That's 60% a year. That's unbelievable, because it is unbelievable. We're talking live right now in studio with FBI Special Agent in Charge Eric Barnhart. He's joining us on the heels of a major conviction right here in Utah, A guy by the name of Rick Kerber um i've been looking into this guy i started looking into him 13 years ago as the investigative reporter here at ksl television he ran something called the equity mill people would refinance their homes give them money to invest and lo and behold it turned out according to prosecutors to be a ponzi scheme what are some of the red flags we got to look for eric
3: yeah, we had talked about him before. Is it too good to be true? Oh, yeah. Is it, is it the investment where promises a no-risk, high return? And as I said, we're on break. You're sooner to find a unicorn than to find a legitimate investment that is no-risk, high return. It just does not exist.
2: Well, I think the, the big question is how many people did he get? I mean, the the sheer number of people he had to dupe to get to hundred million dollars how many people are involved
3: in this right now our, our estimate is 250 but we believe there's even more downstream investors again with every ponzi scheme there's the first level investors and and again we're trying to track victims down that that may be well down the line that we don't yet know about and this money's gone I see no way that this is gonna get back to those folks, unfortunately.
0: And in these types of schemes, that's not unusual. What's happening is, Dave, you're giving me your money to invest and I'm actually taking money from somebody else to pay you back what seems to be the monthly interest that I've promised you. At the end of the day, these Ponzi schemes always collapse. Have we ever heard of one that's actually survived? I can't think we of want one. To admit to it? <laughs> I can't think of one that actually ends up, you know, coming out okay in the end. And a lot of these people end up getting convicted by the FBI and uh, through, you know, investigations that, you know, finally people come forward. Eric, you know, one of the things that uh, I've heard uh, over the years as I look into these stories is that people are afraid to come forward because they're told by the person who's running um the investment that if they do come forward and talk to law enforcement about it, that for sure they'll never get their money back. So sometimes they'll end up calling me instead because they're afraid to contact law enforcement and report it.
3: Yeah, and, and and again, it's the same behavior in probably even a more heinous way of people that victimize children. What what does the victimizer tell the victim? Don't tell anyone. You're gonna yes. you're gonna get in trouble. It's the a, a crook is a crook. They use the same sort of modus operandi. And again, if anybody tells you you've invested money with me, but if you go to law enforcement, it lessens your chance of getting your return. That's probably the mother of all red flags.
2: How long does it take to run something like this? It seems like it would fall in on itself fairly quickly. So, is the time frame? Even though W started doing this 13 years ago, when he was recently convicted, how long can
3: something like this sustain itself? It can. It can go on for decades. And again, it, it you know the best of these folks are. Great salespeople. They are, you know, snake oil salesmen, but they can con a lot of people that otherwise are very bright, accomplished folks. And, and again, in the case of Mr. Kerber, he had slick advertising and real estate magazines. I mean, he had the persona of nice cars, big homes, second homes, and it was all part of the marketing. And so, again, it's, it's eventually, once that collapses, you have to, you know, go back and say, when did he first come up with it? And, What was his whole plan all along? And again, very exquisite planning goes into these cons.
0: One of the things that I've noticed over the years in my reporting is that um, friends will tell friends. Uh, church uh, members will tell other church members. Uh, baseball coaches will tell other baseball coaches about the amazing money and returns that they're getting back from their investment, not realizing that they're bringing people into a fraud because they themselves don't realize yet that they're have invested actually in a Ponzi scheme. Um, In fact, one of the cases I worked, and and this is not unusual at all, it was very specifically using um, his connections with the LDS church uh, to um, lure people in, but it could be the Catholic church. I've heard of cases involved at the Baptist church. It's not unusual for these con men to use their church affiliations. It doesn't matter what church you go to.
3: Bernie Madoff, probably one of the, probably the biggest Ponzi scheme in the nation's history uh used his connections with his church in new york so it it, it doesn't it, it doesn't recognize one faith over another it is something the con man will try and, and identify any in with a potential victim that they can use
2: so who i, I understand someone's got to be the whistleblower at some point they've got to call you guys and say listen this is what's going on but i i was wondering who is responsible if you have, if you're part of that pyramid scheme and all of a sudden maybe you're on the the third or fourth layer, but you've brought in other people. Are you responsible as well? Are you going to be charged and taken to
3: jail? We're going to look at, you know, when, if somebody comes to realize suddenly they have that epiphany and they realize, wait a second, I've been conned and I brought other people in. Then it's a matter of what did they know? beforehand. If they knowingly they said, hey, I'm gonna bring in Dave and Deb, but I already know it's a scam, okay, you you may be criminally liable. But if you have that you know realization of I've been taken and you know what, I took ten of my friends and neighbors, we're gonna look at that person much more as a victim. Yes.
2: And you're gonna work with them yes. and you'll you'll create a relationship and figure out listen, let's let's get the people that are really nefarious. Exactly. And get those guys behind bars. Yes.
0: Special Agent in Charge of the FBI, Eric Barnhart, fabulous information. If you could give our listeners one takeaway from this, what is the biggest red flag that you see as the Special Agent in Charge of the FBI when it comes to these types of white collar crime
3: and these investment schemes? It's the old cliche, if it sounds too good to be true, it is, plain and simple.
0: So if somebody promises you, Dave, 5% interest back a month after you skim all the equity out of your home, you just run, my friend, run. Great advice. FBI Special Agent in Charge, Eric Barnhart, thanks for dropping by the Dave and Dujanovic show today. Great information as well on the heels of a massive, massive uh, Ponzi scheme conviction that happened just last week right here in Salt Lake City. A $100 million investment scheme busted wide open by uh, agents at the FBI and prosecuted By federal prosecutors.
1: And again, you were just
0: listening to an interview
1: with FBI Salt Lake City Division Special Agent in Charge Eric Barnhart on Dave and Dujanovic, which airs Monday through Thursday on KSL News Radio from 9 to noon. Uh, You can also find it on Apple Podcasts, Google Play, anywhere else that you find podcasts, you will find Dave and Dujanovic. I highly recommend you check it out. Debbie, of course, as you know, is the co host of FBI Confidential, and she's also a former spokesperson for the FBI here in Salt Lake City as well as an investigative reporter. So uh, she's got some serious street cred in that area, and we're happy to have her as part of both this project and that show. Becky Bruce signing off.